You're obviously a Bald Move podcast fan, but were you aware of the breadth and depth of our coverage? We cover all your favorite TV shows such as Game of Thrones, 24, American Horror Story, Breaking Bad, Falling Skies, Fargo, The Leftovers, Gotham, House of Cards, Justified, Mad Men, Orange is the New Black, Boardwalk Empire, True Blood, Downton Abbey, The Walking Dead. Thanks, Moira. Fuck you. Pay me. We told you after the Amazon check clears. Get all of this and much more at baldmove.com. Cheap bastards. Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I am Aaron. And we are here with a very special episode this time, uh, mid-season. <laughs> are you going to uh, get molested, Jim? I hope not. Okay. There's only one other person in this room, and I don't want to be molested by him. No, I was thinking of the, scare- the Scarecrow. Oh, oh. The Scarecrow well, in the studio. I'm not a bottle of vodka, so I should be safe. Guarding the, the boozacopia we have as our <laughs> centerpiece. <laughs> uh what are we talking about today man uh we just got back from albuquerque where we were attending the breaking bad fan fest sure first uh annual i hope i hope because i had a lot of fun doing that uh we wanted to talk a little bit about our, our experience we hosted some of the panels there um with some of the stars the the crew and a costume contest. We want to talk about that and kind of just our experience around the con as well, going and visiting some of the locations in Albuquerque. And we just had, in general, a great time. Sure, sure we did. Where do we want to start with this? Should we start on the day we get in? Yeah, sure. Okay. It's a good place to start on. Yeah. Um, so we get we get off the plane. We go to the hotel. Really nice hotel. It's the, the Hotel Park Central. That was... Uh, pretty fancy hotel. They stuck me in the haunted building. Yeah, they did. They stuck you in the uh, quote-unquote incinerator building. And we were a yeah. block away from the Crystal Palace. That's right. Crossroads Motel. Which you would think would be scary. But actually, Crossroads Motel is not the unfettered hellhole that they make it out to be on the series, right? Not so much, no. I didn't see any prostitutes. Uh, no Wendy's walking around there. So, not so bad. Uh, but we had dinner with Miguel, or sorry, not with Miguel, with Jenny and her, her husband, husband uh, where we just kind of you know, talked, got to know each other. This is the first time I met them in person. Yeah, we'd so. had several phone conversations, obviously. I, 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 should we make it explicit that what our involvement is? Yeah. So we were approached early this year. It might have been late last year. I'm not sure exactly when it was. By it was a Ginny, while ago. By Ginny and Miguel. Ginny had been a fan of our podcast for, for some time throughout, you know, when she got into Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And she had teamed up with this uh, guy named Miguel, who was hosting a lot of Breaking Bad watches in various locations throughout Albuquerque as the show was going on. He's been a native Albuquerquean all his life. Uh, they decided that Breaking Bad needed to have a fan fest in kind of the same vein as the big Lebowski fest. Yeah. You know, in fact, they cited that as their model several times. It's like fan centric, start small, steady growth, 
by the passion of the fans and having a well-run event and just getting steadily bigger, eventually attract uh, top people. And then you also got to have it in Albuquerque because where the hell sure. else can you have a Breaking Bad fest, right? Yeah, that added so much to it. So the 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 shocking surprise was they wanted to have us moderate the panels, be the MC at several events, and uh, you know, c- kind of take take that pole position because I'm not sure if they're aware of the fact that anybody can do our job if you have functional <laughs> ears and vocal cords. Like Jenny Miguel could sit at a table and ask mm-hmm. questions of people. And act like jackasses for maybe they're not capable of acting like jackasses. Sure, we can do that in spades. That that could be the the potential problem here. But but just about anyone could do our job. Um, and fortunately, they were not aware of that. <laughs> so they brought us. In. They brought us in there to, uh, uh, to do it as as ringers. Yeah, but before we got to the convention, we did some other really cool stuff. Um, we'll talk about the convention in a minute. First but... thing we got to say, um, we hit the ground and there was a gift bag waiting for us at the hotel. Yes. Um, you guys that are not on uh, the pa- Patreon level that can see the live casts. Uh, what am I going here? Yeah, do in front of Jim. Whistle Pig. Whistle Pig, rye whiskey. It's 100 proof. Uh, and this is the, the made famous by Breaking Bad. Mm. By special agent in charge McCurr. Uh, yeah, Mercurt, Mercurt. I don't know. Who's how you dirty? Say it, I, who's really. dirty as hell? I don't care what you say. <laughs> this is the whiskey that he uh, was pouring out for Gomi and Old Hank yep. when he was finding out that uh, Old Gustavo Fring pulled the wool over his eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we got a bottle each. It's fifty percent, man. It is strong. It is strong, but su- but for all that, surprisingly smooth. Yes. In very fact, much so. I kind of it's it's got this um, almost saltwater taffy thing going on, where it's huh. not sweet, but it's got a little bit of salty, and it's got a surprisingly smooth mouthfeel. Yeah, definitely. And then you can definitely taste the alcohol because it's fifty percent. Yeah, but it doesn't burn mm. like you would expect with a fifty percent mm. booze. Um. Anyway, so, so good stuff. Yeah, really good stuff. So we if got you that. Want, in the if, gift you, bag. if you want to get into our, our hearts, uh, alcohol is not a bad place to begin. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they also gave us a T-shirt from the event, and sure. they gave us a copy of Mark Valdez's book. I got it right the, there behind me. The locations of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, have not. We we've been back for what two days now. Yeah, have not had a chance to read that. Didn't I want think, to catch uh, up on my sleep, or honestly, yeah. Little little bit of jet lag, a little bit of con lag, uh, but then the next day we woke up early mm-hmm. and we got our butts out to Tohajali, yeah, in the morning, which is the the Indian reservation that they uh, filmed a lot of the Breaking Bad scenes in when when there's a big shootout in Ozymandias that was filmed out there. Anytime they went out to desert to cook, basically, yeah, uh, with the RV or there was out in a shootout or whatever, Walt's bear, uh, burying barrels. Yeah, Tahajali is where it's at. The series starts out with Tahajali. He's driving down a road that goes right past the filming locations of other places and. That's in Tahajali. He stands in the middle of the road with his, in his underwear. That's Tahajali. I've got a shot of me standing <laughs> in that exact place with that background. It's pretty pretty fucking cool. Not in your underwear, though. Not my underwear. I offered, I offered to take my pants off, and Jenny, was, who was holding the camera, was like, no, that, that, that's okay. And I'm like, well, you know, to be no, no, really, it's okay. It, it's okay. Um, and if, by the way, we actually on Facebook have a huge album of a lot of yeah. these sets and locations that we toured. 
Uh, so if you, you, you're, I don't think you need to be logged into Facebook to view it. Just go to facebook.com slash bald move, hit the, hit up the photos. And there's an album called ABQ bra, ba, fa, Sure. The breaking bad fan fest, hit that mm-hmm. up. And there's like 57 images of, and I've still got about another dozen or two to load, mm-hmm. but continue We're, we, we went, um, and the really cool thing, this is how awesome Ginny and Miguel are. They rented a Chrysler 300, <laughs> uh-huh. the Waltmobile. It wasn't an S, you know, special vehicles, uh, yeah, SVT, but or SRT rather. But it uh-huh. was still pretty badass. It was, and we got a really good picture. Parked next it to, right, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Miguel parked it right where the Chrysler was parked in uh-huh. the show uh-huh. during the shootout, and it was just excellent. Got a really good picture there. The site had been pretty picked clean because I heard even up to a year ago, you could still see like the fake blood underground. There was still yeah. some shell casings. Uh, Miguel actually got several shell casings, broken glass, and a couple pieces of the shattered RV or not RV SUV as it got shot up. Yeah, a long time ago when he long, went he right went, after the shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, the only thing that was there left was a little bit of glass, shattered mm-hmm. glass from the SUV. And I picked up about a dozen pieces of that for a little memento. It's cool. That's but cool. honestly, the pictures, because... Wait, just, wait, glass? What do, you, what do you mean when you say glass? <laughs> you know what I mean when I say glass. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that it's just being at the location, like the gas station where Walt called, yeah. the, at, posing as a New York Times, he called uh, Gretchen and Elliot... Posing as a New York Times uh, writer, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's there. And, and the watch. Episode. It hasn't been touched. Like, the gas, the, it's it's no longer selling gas, so the gas prices are exactly what it showed on the show. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. it's timeless. It's one of the, the locations that hasn't changed a goddamn bit other than Tohajali. Yeah. I, you know, there was another another location that I think has not changed much, although they... They rearranged some of it for the shooting, which is the doghouse where we went later sure. to, to eat lunch. Um, there was one other location that we went to between those two, and I'm having a hard time remembering what that was. What? This weekend was kind of a blur. Combo's Corner? Are you talking about that? Uh, we we hit that up. Um, Jesse's parents' house? Yeah, we went to so many locations, man. I can't remember what was on the RV tour and what we. Well, it doesn't matter. So that's uh, let's, let's talk about that as well. So the okay. RV tour. Well, I know that the doghouse happened that mm-hmm. day. Okay. So we went to the doghouse. We ate some some dogs. Uh, very spicy chili there. I was surprised at how spicy that chili was. Yeah. It was good. It was, it was very good. good. Um, New Mexicans love their chili. The red chili yeah. and the green chili, especially the green chili. Mm-hmm. I hear. Uh, so I thought that was really cool to visit doghouse. It was during the day though, so we didn't really get the shot of the neon signs. Yeah, it'd be really cool at night. Yeah, and when we go back, uh, I like I love their dogs, man. I'd I'd rather I'd, I'd like to bring an appetite and and chow down on that stuff. <laughs> they sell them in footlong variety too. Footlong, so yep. got some big dogs there. That's kind of unwieldy. I think I'd go go to double two, fist. The yeah, double fist half the half dogs. Yeah, all right. But that place is like fifty years old. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like it's changed since the day it's open, and it's an iconic Breaking Bad area. I mean, this is the mecca. Like, if you... I can't imagine if you're a serious Breaking Bad fan that you're going to have a bad time going to Albuquerque and getting Mark's book and finding out the locations yourself. Um, Friday night, we went to what Vince Gilligan claimed was his favorite hangout in Albuquerque, Zinc. Awesome place, man. Uh, wine bar. It had a really cool basement where they had uh, some some uh, blues playing. That was super cool. I, I, we just did a, a whole episode, roughly, about 
uh, Dave Grohl's new documentary stuff, and I said I'm a sucker for music. Man, I am a sucker for live blues and jazz. Sure. That stuff, just so much heart in that music, and going down in that basement, hearing that stuff was great. Uh, They had New Mexico Mules, which I was drinking out of a fucking copper cup. That's pretty awesome. I've never drank out of a copper cup before. I'm a little worried that I got some sort of brain disorder now. No, but. we're really we're that's we're sticking at the Bezos. <laughs> you see this Bezos? Yeah, we we, we melted down your pennies. Fi- at least five hundred pennies went into that <laughs> copper cup, and we're lording it over him. Sure, we're beating yeah. him. We're 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 beating him at his own copper game. Yep. So we did that. Uh, got a pretty good night's sleep. Yeah. Um, and then Friday was all about the RV tour. I was pretty tired on Friday. I was pretty tired Friday, too. Saturday was the day where I was really like, I need to get sleep early yeah. because we've got panels coming. We actually up. have p- things depending on us. And, yeah. And I felt great on Saturday, but Friday I was fucking tired, man. Yeah. Uh, the Breaking Bad RV tours is ran by, uh, a, a former cast on Breaking Bad. His name's Frank. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he is, he played several several times a background uh, uh dea agents yeah he's got distinctive red hair um i i linked his imdb uh, profile on the uh uh album where i actually have a picture of him mm-hmm. super funny guy decent jesse oh, impersonation yeah he's he, clearly been working on it for sure so so it was good the other thing is they've got a screen accurate bounder it's the mm-hmm. rv that they actually cooked meth in it's exact make and model and year. They've it's got the bullet holes in the door. It's got the bullet holes. It's got the ripped off fender. It's got the terrible curtains. Yeah, he was telling us, like, on the wheel well, the yeah. little trim that goes around that. He was uh-huh. like, I tried to break it off exactly like it looks in the show. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's attention to detail, man. And the inside, he's got a lot of, like, pictures of the cast and crew, but he's also got the kitchen set up like a, you know, mm-hmm. it's got all these uh, kettles and carboys and tubes going everywhere. And there's and some, some meth on the counter. It, it looks legit. It's got the, aprons hanging up the gas masks and the tyvek suits it's yep. well not tyvek because that wouldn't be screen accurate I-, I took a bunch of of video of the inside of that thing when we pulled up oh los pollos hermanos that was the other place we went ah, sure to to twisters on the day before right and that's the one thing i was surprised is there's a huge difference between how the how much the local businesses have embraced the breaking bad heritage yeah like twisters uh, has several. I mean, they have the Los Pollos Hermanos. Um, what would you call that? The, the logo just painted on their wall. Yeah, it's not a mural. It's just a logo painted as yeah. you come in. There's several signs saying, "Yes, Breaking Bad was filmed here." There's one over the actual real booth that Walt and Gus sat in. Uh-huh. Uh, there's like you know t-shirts and stuff on the wall so they're actually and they don't charge any money they've got a like a guest book you can sign you got a guest for all the breaking bad people i can't believe how many thousands and thousands and thousands of signatures are in that guest book yeah it's a lot it's crazy we signed in that was cool yep um and then you've got like the car wash the a1 car wash which is formerly the octopus car wash and now it's mr car wash car wash Mm-hmm. A little bit of a scandal because I guess they're thinking of changing the outside, taking down the distinctive block uh, car wash thing. Seems like a bad idea. But the inside is, com- I mean, the inside and outside as it is looks exactly like A1 car wash. Yeah. They've got a whole shrine set up to Breaking Bad inside there. They've got a picture of the cast and crew. They've got a commemorative t-shirt framed in a shadow box. They've got a 
ton of merchandise and memorabilia. Yeah, I feel like they're cashing in in the right way. In the know? right way, because it's like they got also got free coffee. Yeah, you and know? popcorn, free and, popcorn. And, and popcorn. But you can also buy some really cool, like, you know, um, posters and T-shirts and just little mm-hmm. Breaking Bad trinkets. Yep. Uh, then you've got places that actively try to run you off. Yeah, the Crossroads Motel is kind of bad about that. Yeah, from what I hear, I, I, it's like you, if you try to take a photo of their f- of property, they will run out and either run you off or charge you money. And then yeah. uh, there's some places that, uh, um, like the White House, where the owners are fairly yeah. friendly to Breaking Bad fans, but Breaking Bad fans have been assholes to them. Yep, they've stolen rocks out of the yard. They've climbed over their fence, thrown pizzas thrown on the roof, multiple pizzas Come on, on the roof, which Come I understand. On. Super funny. Great scene of Breaking Bad. It's not funny if you're the homeowner having to climb up there and scrape that shit off. No, not at all. Please don't do that. And it seems like that they've got cameras up and some warnings and, you know, and it. it I, I talked to the lady and she says that that behavior has gone way down since they've had the camera systems up. Good. So, but yeah, don't be that fan. Yeah, go take a picture from across the sidewalk and with you saying, yeah, I'm here. Right, right. Uh, but don't throw pizzas. Don't climb. Don't sure. trespass. Don't. Yeah. To be respectful. Yeah. How would you like it if it was your house? Yeah. Uh, the other cool thing about the RV is they've got, they're playing, um, part of the RV tour is when they take you to a location, they actually have a, a, a couple screens, an RV, and they have this sequence from uh, Breaking Bad showing the scene that you're about to pull up to. Yeah, really cool. Like Combo's Corner, before they take you to Combo's Corner, they show Tomas blowing away Combo. Yeah, it's, it's good, especially in locations like that where you kind of need a visual reference to yeah. tell exactly where stuff went down. Because like a lot of these places, I don't care how big a Breaking Bad fan, if I just pull, t- pulled you up to Combo's <laughs> Corner and said, where is this? You'd be like, fuck, I don't know. Yeah. There's a little Heisenberg face painted yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of in the same island Yeah, there. I don't think it's the exact spot where like Heisenberg ran over people or combo no. was shot. But I think it's just a little homage that the locals are playing. Yeah, I like that. We got to see the abandoned factory where they shot all of the Hail to the King promotional materials. Yeah. Those windows and stuff are actually there. Super cool. And also where they filmed uh, Jesse, uh, Mike setting up Jesse as a test to see how he'd react was in that same location hmm. okay they took us to the uh meth super lab which is the lawn <laughs> which is an actual laundromat looks just like that yeah and they were actually open and and doing massive industrial laundry and they let us take a little tour they showed us where the uh, entrance to the super lab used to be mm-hmm. um yeah so they've taken that that washing machine that was there and they've moved it outside yeah. because I guess it broke down or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they've moved it outside. So they've preserved the washing machine and there's sure. nothing in its place now. So you can actually see kind of where it was and you can see the machine itself outside. Uh, and then there's the big signs sign yep. out there. That's the thing. There's a several breaking bad tours. The RV tour seems like they have the most access. They seem like they've hustled yeah. them. They've got agreements with, um, like even the Crystal Palace, the Crossroads, they can pull into the Crossroads, and you can get pictures, and you can tour, you can get into the laundromat on the days it's open. Crash into their sign, it's okay. Yeah, you can do all that stuff. <laughs> um, what other parts? So you went to the White House, and they're on friendly terms with them. So that was super to, cool because you actually get out of the the yeah. RV at that location. Yeah, get to take a bunch of pictures. Um, just going to Jesse's Jesse's house. Uh, Jane, oh yeah, Jane so and Jesse's apartment. They have modified Jesse's house. Uh-huh. Um, they've they've moved the garage out to kind of where the gate is, about yeah. uh, maybe like a foot or two behind it, and the gate's no longer there. The gate is now used as walls on the side, and 
it looks a little different, but it also kind of looks the same. Sure. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you can, it looks so iconic. And, and it's really yeah. only where you go and like, oh, where would you pull the RV here? Where they, yes. they've actually moved. And I wonder if they haven't done that just to kind of turn it more into a compound. Because <laughs> now it's like... Stay out of my territory sort of Yeah, thing. <laughs> it's it's a compound. It's got those fairly high white walls all around the property yeah and you can't get back into the garage area because the garage area is up front and it's got big gated things and so but that was cool and like i said jesse and jane's apartment i know we went yeah. to a lot of other places we did we went to a ton of, ton of places we saw like the the quote-unquote dea office oh yeah um, at, like a lot of locations just driving past as we went downtown um just kind of very very minor stuff Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool to see the DEA office where, you know, Salamanca is rolled up and right. uh, Gomez and Norris walk in there. Uh, and you can see the spiral staircase from the outside. Yep. That was pretty cool. Uh, there's the the parking garage where, like, the, the, the shots of Walt across from the parking garage were filmed on a rooftop in downtown Albuquerque. We got to see that. Oh, you're talking about for the hospital stakeout? Yep. Yep, yep. sure. Uh, a lot of cool stuff. So RV tour, totally worth it. Yep. Um, just, you know, just to get pictures and say, hey, I was there. I saw these places. So Super now, cool. and, and that's also a VIP option. It will be for next year. But yeah. they're doing it like, I think it's $65 for a hour, so. for the hour and a half tour. And Well, they said their regular tour is much longer. Well, they have, so they have two different ones. I think they had the short, short tour and the long tour. And we took the short tour variant because we okay. had other stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's something for sure. You can come down and see it. It's, it's, I, I feel like it's worth the money. Uh, yep. so then we did the, uh, Breaking Bad trivia panel with the geeks to drink. Mm-hmm. And that was at a really cool downtown Albuquerque location called the tractor. Yeah. Tractor brewing, brewing company or something. And it's all, you know, this big kind of where, you know, shady warehouse with like a, re- and they, they renamed there are two of them. So don't go to the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. They renamed a lot of their brews, the Breaking Bad theme. Like they had a, a yeah. crystal blue pale ale and a Jesse pale, a Jesse, a Jesse Pinkman, Jesse Pinkman pale ale. ale. Yep. Um, and the Geeks of Drink put a, they had a Wayfarer ale, but I think they yeah. changed that after that question was asked. Or maybe before because it was given it away. Wayfarer ale. Yeah, no, I think they named it Wayfarer after the fact. Oh, oh, oh okay. Because I didn't remember seeing that until. Then. But I got hands hats off to the geeks who drank. That trivia contest started off fairly easy and ended up yeah. being brutally hard. Like the Saul Goodman, I pro, I think we only got two out of the ten correct. Yeah, there was like so there were eight rounds and they were all themed kind of differently. One of them was a musical round where they played music and you had to identify the song name. And where it was used. And, and yeah, the scene that it was used in, and we, those were tough. We were 10 for 10 on the music and where it was used, but the names of the songs yeah. were, you know, like, I, I didn't remember a lot of them. Like, I knew some of the band names, but I didn't know the names of the sure. tracks, and yeah, it was rough. And then they did a visual one where they had a sheet, and you were supposed to identify the substance, um, uh-huh. where they had, like, methylamine, and they had thermite, and all these yeah. different... Ricin, Lily yeah. the Valley, like mm-hmm. all these different classic Breaking Bad substances. Ten of them. The only one we missed cool. on that was zinc. Yes. And I thought, is this from the battery scene? But I wouldn't have got zinc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you like, got it right. You got it right. Uh, it looked like sticks of butter. but Yeah, um, it does. <laughs> 
that was fun. And what was really cool is like Stephen Michael Cazeta showed up and was hanging out during the the whole thing. Yep, Jeremiah uh, Bitsui. Jeremiah Bitsui and Max Osiniega showed up towards the end. Uh, mm-hmm. We got to talk with them a little bit. Uh, they also had Mr. Chow from. Yep. I, did I scene, didn't get a chance to meet him. I didn't get a chance to meet him either. And and the iconic scene that he's in is when Mike is uh, storming the palace, storming he's, he's the methylamine, storming factory. the methylamine lab, and he like points out where the guy is on the wall so he can shoot him through the wall. Uh huh. Um, he was there, and also the guy who we referred to on the podcast as the mustache man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big handlebar mustache in the DEA office. Mm-hmm. And he's in like three or four scenes. And sure enough, he was walking around and his business card says he is the mustache guy. Yeah. That's, that's accurate. Yeah. And he's got a big ass, big ass, uh, notable facial hair. Um, what else do you want to say about the trivia? Uh, I don't know. We weren't eligible, so we didn't really participate other than to fill out our own cards. We played along, but personally. we weren't really paying attention to the score. Uh, I'm and, sure and we I'm got not a skunked. fan of beer, so it's like, I, I did have their milk stout. It was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, I was drinking their Pinkman uh, IPA. It was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so we food the, truck outside. Food truck outside has some good. authentic uh, New Mexican cuisine. Yep. Uh, enjoyed their tacos. Then we went to Gardinos that night. Yeah, that was awesome. So Gardinos is the place where Walt and Hank and Skyler and Marie have the family meeting. Side guac, tableside guacamole, which yep. is actually a thing, and which we ordered. <laughs> we did order, and they brought the cart out and made tableside guacamole. It was pretty yep. good. It, it was not the. Uh, office space-esque big smiles all around while they were making it they they were pretty intent on what they were doing yeah yeah uh not focusing so much on sure <laughs> on really playing <laughs> it up um so what to talk about there uh the food is pretty good but i'm i'd be lying if i said this the star attraction was the fact that uh, alex giannopoulos Alex Giannopoulos, um, the location scout and also assistant location manager, I think, at one point. Yep. So he's the guy that finds the iconic Breaking Bad locations. He goes out and finds the White House. He finds the car wash. He finds the Nazi lair. And then once he does that, his 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 hat switches over to location manager, Mm -hmm. where now he secures the rights to use the property, and he manages the contracts, and... He coordinates with the transportation and the lighting, the camera department to make sure they get their stuff in there. They get all the permits, mm-hmm. you know, filming permits, because they sometimes have to shut down several blocks. And it's not just a property. You have to get neighbors permission to run power lines in their yard and to set up a boom yeah. over there. And just an incredible amount of work to secure a place for filming. Yeah, the logistics of that. Wow. I'm impressed. And we talked to him for a good long while about just all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. um, the ins and outs, you know, different directorial styles, um, his adventures in finding some of those locations, which often involved in trespassing and sketchy uh-huh. environments. Risk of death. Uh, like, you know, <laughs> one of the the great stories is when they came in on season four, mm. uh, and uh, he was a, so he was the location scout and the manager for the pilot. Yeah. And then there was a gap between when the pilot got picked up and when we got ordered the series, and he was working on something else. Uh, he came back in season four, and they were kind of like picking up the pieces of like who's got what contracts. One of the things that they were supposed to be filming right away was scenes at the chicken farm. 
Yeah, where Gus has his meetings. He has with, his meetings, and he has the you know the term, the the come at me bro moment, yep. and all that stuff. And yep. there's a lot of like, there's a lot of serious scenes going down there. Well, it turns out that the next day the chicken farm was scheduled to be demolished. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things Alex had to do was work out with the contract. They they worked out this arrangement where the contractor would start at one end of that giant chicken farm. Yep. And and they paid them thousands money. of money money undisclosed <laughs> amounts of money yes yes undisclosed amounts of money to slowly demolish it from one end like demolish well, right behind them down yeah, yeah, the yeah. line yeah and they they finished up filming before it was done so it's like just stuff like that you wouldn't think of or the fact that between season 1 and season 2 uh Jesse's house the owners completely remodeled it yeah and they're like, shit. So they actually worked that into the set that the Jesse's mom and dad had taken it over and they were trying to remodel it to get it ready for sale. And that's why it looks different. Uh, so it's in, inter- interesting how much goes in, like the location, how much the location affects the writing and vice versa. Yeah. Like, for fact, um, the the Nazi layer happened to have the big graded pit. Yeah. The writers saw that, and they're like, oh, we got to figure out a way to get Jesse down there and have this big escape sequence. That wouldn't be on the screen if that location didn't happen to have that feature to it. Yeah, and, and the really funny thing about that, too, is they use that for, like, one shot where Jesse looks down into the pit, and right. then they rebuilt the pit on soundstage, and right. none of it was actually filmed there in right. the pit, it's but the sound- pit inspired it. Yeah, that's the thing you find out again and again. So many times it's the exteriors. They, yeah. they they hate filming on location because it's a big fucking ordeal, as sure. you can imagine. Yeah. Whereas if you got sound stage, a lot of things are in your control. Yeah, he was super fascinating to talk to. Uh, funny guy, really interesting stories. Um, and, and also Jeremiah Bitsui and Max Arsiniega showed up. So that's uh, respectively uh, Victor, mm-hmm. uh, one of Gus's and box Mike's cutter. right hand, the guy that got <laughs> box cut. And uh, Max Arseniega, Crazy Eight. Yeah, yeah, and they were super interesting to talk to as well. Um, I, I, I found myself really liking Max a lot. He had kind of a very introspective take on Crazy Eight, um, mm-hmm. and and being more than just a gangster, more than just sure. a meth cook and dealer. Plus, he got uh, to I, be really good friends with. He actually was involved, um, not not involved in the filming, obviously, but he became good friends with Aaron Paul. Yeah. So he was kind of around the the shooting of, of a lot of the seasons and was in contact with them and, and went out there to hang out with them quite a bit. Yeah, the ridiculous part is Jeremiah and Max were both asking us about, like, podcasting and yeah. saying that was cool. And I was like, man, man, what you do is cool. What we do is not cool. Come on. Well, the thing I thought was interesting is, like, that Max and his business partner, Christos, are really going after. They got some really innovative ideas for how to do independent filmmaking, which is how yes. they... Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Jeremiah's got this really brilliant uh, uh, Drunk Town's Finest. Yeah. Looks, Max has looks done a great. lot of stage and screen stuff. And they all got stuff mm-hmm. in the iron, but it's all a lot of independent stuff. And I guess like 95% of the film that gets shot in the United States is independent. Yeah, yeah. So they're working on like, you know, kind of not crowdsourcing, but alternate term, you know, funding. And a lot of the struggles they have getting independent films are the same struggles we have as independent podcasters. Sure. And they were kind of fascinated by our business model and, uh, you know, talking with us about yeah. that. I, I think it was a little bit of like, you are making a living talking about our show. What, what, yeah, what is no, that? It was interesting. How does that work? Yeah. They're like, like I have no idea this was going on. It was super weird for, to have the stars asking me questions about sure, what I do. Sure. 
and uh, they were just incredibly chill. Yeah. Very funny. Like, oh, what, yeah. Jeremiah is a fucker because one thing he likes to do <laughs> uh-huh. is just fuck with people. Like, like the waitress? Waitress comes up. It's like, don't you, you know, weren't you one of the guys on Breaking Bad? He's like, oh, um, I get this a lot, but I was actually Jeremiah Bitsui's photo double. Uh-huh. And I did a couple stunts. Oh, do you look just like, well, yeah, you know, that's that's part of the process. You know, they, they find the guys. It's and it's like, I'll tell him you enjoy the work. And he just, and like when a fan was asking him a question on the panel, he's like, you know, what was your favorite death in Breaking Bad? And he like thinks about it and he's like... You know, there's this third extra on the one scene where we were, and he goes like 30 seconds into the story. He's like, "Nah, I'm just, I'm just messing with you." Yeah, yeah. And Good they just stuff. that was just like part of what he does amongst the other part of the cast and just people he interacts with. Oh yeah, man, you get those guys together, oh. and you can tell they they just have a great time together. And we haven't even gotten to the the main maniacs. Yeah. Which are Luis and Daniel Mancada. Yeah, let's go into our Saturday, right? So that was it. I mean, we stayed there a long, long time drinking and eating uh, New Mexican food with those guys. We finally went back to the hotel, which they were staying at, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, next day, wake up, and it's it's showtime. Yeah, I mean... Oh, we didn't talk about the go-kart experience. Oh, shit. That's between they, the tour and Gardenos, yeah. They they rented out the the uh, Albuquerque driving school indoor go-karting thing that Jesse used to avail himself of in season, one, season four. Yeah, very cool. He had the very sad, depressive go-karting experience. Yep. They rented it out, and the fans could go, and they're... Uh, you could race with Stephen Michael Cazeta uh-huh. and uh, Max Rosiniega, and all those guys were taking uh, hot laps. The, the Peekaboo twins. The Peekaboo twins were there, mm-hmm. sure. Uh, there's the, the redheaded kid from Peekaboo that's actually played by two actors. Yeah, yeah. And their mom brought them out. And they just, you know, the last time they did anything on Breaking Bad was like six years ago, and they're just kind of bewildered. Like, wow, of all these people <laughs> know us, and they're like 11 year old uh-huh. boys now. But recognizably, like, they haven't changed all that much. Yeah, not much at all. They just scaled up a little bit. And they're mm-hmm. just like, wow, you know, you get, it's I can't believe all these people know who we are. And t- saying all these incredibly nice things, like, you made us cry. And <laughs> yep, yep. Interesting experience for them. Uh, but we did that. So Saturday, uh, first panel was 1 o'clock, and it was the crew. Yes. And we had a whole bunch of people... Uh, Man, I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm ter- terrible at so people's names. We, we had Al Godo. Al Godo. We had Alex Giannopoulos. Stunt man. Alex. Uh, oh yeah, stunt coordinator. Yep. For Breaking Bad, uh, Alex Giannopoulos, who we talked about, location scout and manager. Um, we had fuck who was Frida next? Valenzuela. Who was next Wasn't there someone in line before her? Maybe. I'm trying to just go down the. Oh, oh John, yeah, it was John Romero. John Romero, who was a stand-in for a lot of people. Yeah. Throughout the series, and also an extra in some scenes. Yep. Uh, we had Frida Valenzuela, who is the makeup head, artist. Head makeup, makeup artist. Yeah, head makeup artist. Um, we had Joe Griffenberg, who is a stand-in for Walter White. Yeah. And we had Greg... Was it Bennett? Bronner. Bronner, yeah. Greg, Greg Bronner. Bronner, who is the transportation captain. Yes. A very, that's a very good title. I like it that. It is. Captain of transportation. Yeah. And basically, his job is to get everything everywhere. Yes. 
yeah everything everywhere all the time anything and not only that but like the v like he said the vehicles the owl and his group are tearing up uh, it's my job to source them and get them to the location yeah all the all these transportation of the stars all the transportation of equipment all the permits and licensing and arrangements for all that mm-hmm. everything runs through him and him him and alex uh worked very you know hand in hand together as location manager and transportation captain yep because they have to have shots that they can stage where the location doesn't show the stuff that they bring yeah um so they have to like shoot over hills and make sure they have enough room behind the cameras and all that stuff yeah yeah it's pretty intense and the thing i came away from that panel experience was how you know you wonder why breaking bad is good it's because yeah. everyone gave a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, multiple shits. Frida was talking about this experience when Jane chokes on her own vomit. Uh-huh. That, like, she actually brought Vince Gilligan three different vomits, <laughs> fake vomits to choose from. Great story. And, yeah. like, you know, like the texture, and, like, you have to still make a palpable to the actors because they have to have it in their mouths uh-huh. and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, there's sweating details like fake vomit. That is why Breaking Bad is so goddamn good. Here. I'll I'll up I'll up the ante one. Okay. I was talking to Frida in backstage uh-huh. in the green room and she was telling me about a time when Brian Cranston she was telling me how specific the look of Heisenberg is and and Brian Cranston in sure. the, the the series. She says he went to a press event one time and made the mistake of allowing them to trim up his goatee. Mm. Uh, specifically his mustache, and take a little bit off the top of his lip. And she and killed she, him. And, yeah, he came back, and she said, Brian, what what have you done? What have you done? You're, you're, did you let them touch your goatee? Uh-huh. He says, well, yeah, it happened before I even noticed. And, like, he apologized for it, and she was like, it's a completely different look. So she is sweating the detail about how far the hair has come down over his lips. Yeah. That's an intense attention to detail, and it's it's part of why, like you said, Breaking Bad is so good. Yeah, um, and you know, like I said, Al Goto was a super badass, super humble too. Yeah, like he doesn't yeah. he sees his job as no big deal, even though he's been in huge Hollywood productions. He's involved in all of the Breaking Bad from the very beginning. He's doing Better Call Saul now. Yep, he's punching people and getting blown up and. You know, every stunt that's on the show, every stunt on the show crossed his desk. Yeah, I was surprised at how humble everyone was, you know, working on this big hit show. Uh, Everyone just seemed so down to earth and so easy to talk to and so willing to just have a conversation, you know? Sure. Uh, What? So this was our first event where we have kind of hosted guests. uh Uh-huh. What was your reaction to that? Were you nervous? Were you no. excited? Were I you... was excited, but I was not nervous. I, and I think the only reason was because we did a lot of research. We had like pages of stuff that we could ask the participants. Yep. And you know, obviously, once the you know twenty minutes into each hour, usually you get cues of fans, and you could just then go to the fan questions. And kudos for everybody asking good, great questions. There yeah. wasn't a dumbass question in the whole group. <laughs> there wasn't anyone out overstayed their welcome. Nobody go, wanting to come up and ask for hugs and all that crap. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you for the fans for participating. But no, I I felt very well prepared, and I'd already met 
Like the the thing you scare you're scared about is that they're not gonna have enough material. I just talked ninety minutes to Alex the night before. Just <laughs> uh-huh. one guy. So I'm like, if I if if I got six others, the biggest thing I was afraid of is make sure everyone had a moment to shine because I don't want yes. like Joe, who's the photo double for Walter White, just sitting down there like you know, or Frida, nobody asking them. But I felt like yeah, you know, that was I guess our job is to make sure between the fan questions and our questions, everybody gets a moment to shine. Everybody gets to uh, have a, a little story that they can tell to the audience about their involvement in Breaking Bad. Yep. That's the thing I was most conscious of while we were doing those panels. And I think the audience helped us out significantly. There mm-hmm. there were some moments where I was like, oh boy, this person hasn't talked in a while. Maybe I should go to a question. And then before I could, the audience would do it for me. Sure. So, and they also, well done, audience. They also <laughs> seem to have a lot of camaraderie. Like, yeah. especially... Um, all of the pre-production, like mm-hmm. the uh, Frida and, and Alex and Greg, mm-hmm. all seem to get along. And then all the other guys are kind of like the photo doubles and stuff. And they, so there's a lot of like where they would kind of elaborate on each other's stories. And it was good to see that they're um, – it's like a kind of reunion, you know, when they're yeah. backstage. They're like, oh, free, you know. Yeah, everybody walks in. They see the other players and they're like, yeah. oh, big hugs all yeah. around. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, the, the other thing – that I kind of really got into here being kind of organizing these panels. Like the, the organization that was done by Jenny Miguel was getting the stars to the green room. Yeah. And once they were in the green room, we had to kind of decide how we want them to come out on stage. That was all kind of left up to us where we were going to mic them. And I've really found a thrill in just kind of managing that. And I'm glad you jumped in because the guy, the the house guy, was in, intended just like kind of mic them up at a table, like this is some goddamn on stage. Like yeah, this is some goddamn uh, I don't know consu- uh, trade show. Like this is like yeah. we're selling bass boats, and these are bass boat <laughs> yeah. executives, and we're just gonna you know no. Like, we want to make this, this is showbiz filmed this- showbiz. Goddamn it! So you took the bull by the horns and and basically made him come back and mic him up in the green room yeah before they even went out so that we could introduce them one by one and give them a nice you know their individual nice moments yeah yeah so i i really enjoyed that a lot and just i think that kept me from getting too nervous beforehand as well lots of running around and doing last minute like you know up to the wire yeah yeah every Um, one of them in fact we ran quite a bit over on the first one because there's just a lot of technical issues that we first time show yeah. first time host first time <laughs> participants because most of the people had never done a panel before either yeah yeah uh so we got it all handled um that went off really successful we had the costume contest which was even less like jenny miguel said like we we've got this thing we got people lined up we've got the prizes how you judge it and how you run it and how you call people out don't really just you guys figure yeah. it all out and yeah. we did so um another kudos to my partner jim here um like 15 minutes before we we're supposed to go out on stage uh Lu- luis and daniel mancada the cousins showed up mm-hmm. and charles baker and charles baker showed Skinny up Pete. and you said and they're they're like hey do you want us because we already had celebrity we had noel um, who is a kind of celebrity cosplayer, professional cosplayer. Mm-hmm. We had um, Joe Frida. Griffinberg. He, Joe yeah. Griffinberg, who was the stand-in for Heisenberg, and uh, he was wearing the pork pie hat and the windbreaker. Looked just like him. And he's a friendly, gregarious guy, but when he sets his face, it's like, wow, there's Heisenberg. Yeah. And then, like you said, we have Frida, who is the head makeup artist, and you know she knows how to do a good Heisenberg. Exactly. So I had this thing I came up with, like, a, um, well, all... 
I'll be kind of like the Bob Barker and I'll stand up there and I'll bring people on and like do the dog and pony. And you can be like the coordinator of the, the judges and kind of coordinate yeah. all that stuff with the mic. Well, these guys showed up and they're like, well, do you, you know, do you, is, do you need any help? And you had the gr- brilliant idea of coming up with this bit where we would call them out as contestants and then I would pretend like I didn't know who they were. Yeah. Yeah. And, you and, know, we, and but, but like, Oh, the, their costume is really good. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know who you guys are trying to be. And that, you know, it's a dumb little bit, but it went over big with the audience. Yeah. So as soon as they walk out, the audience sees them they're like, who, Oh man, no, that's actually the stars. And everybody erupts in, in cheers. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, Aaron, Aaron, these guys are on the show. Yeah. Do, you don't recognize these guys. Yeah. And then I said, you know, it's funny. like, you guys aren't eligible to win, obviously, but would you like to be guest judges? And they, they're, like I said, the Bancada brothers are hams. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And just hilarious. Uh, so we did that. Um, lots of awesome costumes. There's one standouts where, like, a lady who dressed up as a barrel of Walt's money. Yeah, uh, there's good. a lady, Jesse, inflatable Jesse, who actually won the grand prize, yeah. which was tickets to the VIP after party. She did the, the complete Tyvek suit, mm-hmm. but she had it rigged up that would expand. Uh-huh. And she had a little air air tank that she shoved down to uh, their their costume. And she did the, you know, Jesse did. He's alone. He's bored. Uh-huh. He inflates a Tyvek suit and does a little dance. She did that. <laughs> and uh, that was great. Crushed it. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy who looks so much like Brian Cranston Heisenberg. Yep. He kind of almost outdoes Joe. Kind of, yeah. Uh, uh, it's just, I can't, it's, it's it's shocking. We have a couple pictures of him up. It's, it's yep. amazing. And he actually did makeup where he gave himself the broken nose and he dressed up as like that yep. era. Yeah, uh, season four. Walt. Season four. Maybe it might even been season. Yeah, it was. Late I think season it was season four. four, yeah. Rushing around trying to plant the bomb and all that. Uh, just amazing. I'm trying to think of some others. One woman dressed up as Albuquerque. She was a placard yeah. that had like the whole town printed out, and she had all the 177 locations marked. Yeah, um, a lot of really inventive stuff. So we did the winners. That was fun. I had a lot of t- fun being kind of the MC of that event. We made you stretch for time while we were deciding. That was terrifying. <laughs> there was like 10 minutes at the end where you guys to deliberate, and I had no material worked up. So yeah, I yeah. just basically entertaining offers to take off my shirt to dance with random people from the stage to tell jokes it was i don't remember any of it i just blacked out nice uh then we did the crew the cast panel mm-hmm. which i mean i'm not gonna say too much about because it was an hour of talking to uh you know steve and michael Cazeda and jeremy jeremiah rather bitsui max of Siniega and the Luis and Daniel Mancada and Charles Baker, all these yep. guys, and they were all very cool, and the fans were into it. Uh, one fan presented the Mancada brothers with a replica of their chrome axe. Yeah. Which they've got, like, they, they, they got their suits. They're having replica of their boots made. And the mm-hmm. one thing they've not been able to find, because this is like a limited edition that were destroyed after the making of the film, was these axes. Mm-hmm. They, like fucking love that thing yeah and they were like using it as a prop throughout the thing and threatening audience members with it and i don't know it's cool it's cool looking super cool uh next year we absolutely have to get 
Charles Baker, his skinny Pete hat. Because one of the things we found out of prep work Like, is we it, should do a Kickstarter to buy the actual hat for him and no. get it back to him. I think auction for, like, $1,800. I know. We I can know. we can make a replica, I think, and, and give him that. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, so, yeah, they, and they were all just really cool. Uh, we went over to the VIP party, uh, and it's they rented out the, the location that they used on several Breaking Bad rap parties. And yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, I I can't quite remember it. La Cienda or, La, yeah, or La, something La, similar to La that. La Ciniega, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. La Ciniega. I think so. Uh, so anyway, that was cool, and there was everybody that was supposed to be there showed up, um, yep. and you were taking pictures and shaking hands and signing autographs and yeah, that VIP pass got you in to meet all those guys up close and personal. Sure. And it was only, you know, a couple hundred people there. I mean, it was, and they stayed forever. Yeah. Like, we got worn out. Like, around midnight, we turned into pumpkins and had to go back to the hotel. But I have no idea how long. I guess Charles Baker actually did play the piano. He did. That was, I got video of that. Did you? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to meet several fans. Um, I mean, yeah, we're going to have to go through and post all of our pictures in an album on our site or something. Yeah. And then the videos on YouTube. And- like, people I really stand, like Pam that met us also in Colorado, Becky, uh, yeah. who came out from somewhere on the East Coast, I th- feel like. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly. Boston, maybe? Maybe. But, uh, and I know there's a lot more that I'm spacing on names. Um, uh-huh. But it was cool to see everybody come out. A lot of people uh, saying we did a great job and want to check out our podcast. So mission accomplished in that thing. Sure. I haven't heard for sure whether Ginny and Miguel are going to do another one because I, you know, their their mission was to break even this year. Yep. And in fact, there's a guy, uh, Jeremy and Matthew, are working on a document document documentary uh-huh. uh, that they were joking about calling "Breaking Even." Yeah. Uh, but I think I, I I've got the sense that. They came close enough, if if not meeting their goal, that there's probably going to be a second one. I really hope so. I had a great time. I think the fans had a great time. And I think and we'll a get, second one will be bigger and better. We'll get even and, more. Like, for example, you know, uh, Better Call Saul is still going on there. It's going to have at least two seasons. Uh, yep. I was... They couldn't say a lot, but I did get the impression that people working on the show are loving how it's coming out. Yeah, and it's they it's were proud of it. It's the same fucking people. It is a like, lot of them, I, and that's kind of like where I walked away. Is like Vince Gillen could, could do anything. Mm-hmm. Why would he get the whole band back together and make this thing if it's just going to be a joke? Yeah, there's got to be a surprising amount of depth to Better Call Saul. I mean, I, I'll, I'll be the first one to rip it if it sucks. Sure, but there's no indication that's going to be the case, which would be, give this thing legs for years. I, I asked Stephen Michael Cazeta because him and uh, um, Hank, uh, Dean, Norris. Dean Norris are super close in real life. Yeah. And in fact, he was wearing a Schrader brow <laughs> shirt and he <laughs> just took, to stick it. To he took Dean a Norris. selfie to Dean and like sent it, texted it to him. Yeah. And, uh, he, he was, and I, he's trying to lean it hard on Dean to get him here next year. And if they could get people like RJ Mitt and Anna Gunn and or Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston, I mean, or, or just I mean, next year, you don't year. even have to go to that level. Like Bob Odenkirk. Next year, you be get around. a better call Saul panel. You get Bob. Odenkirk and you get Jonathan Banks and you get Giancarlo Esposito. Hell yeah. Who says no to that panel? Right. Who doesn't want to come and see those guys uh, yeah. talk about their experiences on Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul? It, you know, it's it was just 
for a Breaking Bad fan, for a Breaking Bad podcaster to put in so much work over the years and then go out there, yeah. it was just so much fun. It's an opportunity that you really just don't get anywhere else right. to, to hear all these people talk together now after the fact and uh, to meet these people and just kind of feel like you're part of Breaking Bad again. Yeah. Like, that's that's the most striking thing about this con is I felt like now we're all a part of Breaking Bad's history, you know? Like, it could have just been the show. It could have just been people enjoying that particular thing, but now it's a convention and everybody's involved and... Yeah, the show ain't getting less popular. Life, no, it's it's a second life for this show that everyone is involved in, and I just really I felt that being yeah. there and part of it. Sure. Uh, I really hope we get to do it again next year. Ginny yeah. uh, Miguel seemed pleased with our performance. Uh, we worked really hard to make our 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 bit shine. Mm-hmm. And um, again, thanks. Thank I you didn't for shit that my pants on the stage. Didn't we? Didn't neither one of us I shit d- our pants. No, super proud of that. Yep. But like I said, I thought it was a a great first con, uh, really good turnout, really nice uh, write ups in the local media. If yeah. you went and you got pictures or stories, uh, please use the the official hashtag and share that stuff. Uh, I'd love to make year two bigger and better. It's bur fafe. ABQ Braba Fafa Fafi Breaking Bad Fan Fest. It's ABQ BRBA Fan Fest. Not oh, Fest F- Fan. Fuck. <laughs> FU. <laughs> FU. That's some other con that's like a really shitty experience. Yeah, but the, I, the Breaking Bad Fan Fuck. You don't want to go to that one. No, I mean, the fact that you can go there and see all the locations and, yep. you know, the vendor hall had some really cool swag. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. We didn't even talk about the vendor hall. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I went in there and, you know, we talked about screen monsters from time to time with Richard. He's at a lot of the Walker Stalker stuff. Sure. He had some new prints that I thought were pretty fun. We're going to order sweet. another one. The uh, the Jonathan Banks one, uh, No Half Measures. Yeah. Badass. With it's, just this drawing of Jonathan Banks. He looks as fucking tired as he ever did on the show. Sure. He's tired of Walt shit. <laughs> uh huh. And it's, he's made, he did this like a metallic copper flake print. Uh huh. So it's got this like kind of bass boat shimmer if you hold it up to a certain light. Yeah, it almost feels like desert sand it's, in a way. It's going to look good hanging up in the studio somewhere. Yep. Uh, there's a guy making officially licensed license plates. Yep. Like you can get yep. Ecto Lawyer Up. You can get the back. You can get the Back to the Future one. You can get the Ghostbusters one. We got the Lawyer Up here hanging in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of cool stuff you can buy and see. I like I said. I if you're a Breaking Bad fan and you got the money for a hotel and airline and you know what's like 250 bucks for a VIP pass. Yeah, it's like thirty if you just want to get in and see the panels. Yeah, super cheap to get sixty five bucks if you want to take the RV tour. Mm-hmm. It's 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 awesome. It's 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 really awesome. I agree. That's yeah, all I got to say. Else? Okay, cool. I'm like Forrest Gump. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, do we want to talk a little bit about our plans for season two coverage? Yes, this is kind of like a kickoff event. Um, I yeah, you, you know, well, you've got me. I'm uh, I, well, gaping I, like a landed fish here. So I think two weeks from now. Um, coming up Thursday, so it won't be, it'll be the, the twenty. It'll be the twenty seventh. Is that right? Twenty seventh. Okay, that's Thanksgiving weekend, I think. Okay, yeah, fourth Thursday. Yeah, we'll be starting our coverage of season two with episode one, obviously. Sure. Um, so if you have like feedback that you want to get in on that show, go ahead and send that to Breaking Bad or Breaking Good yeah. at BaldMove.com. 
Yep. Uh, and we'll try to include your feedback in our recap of the show. Just like we did in season one. Yep. And uh, we might have an interview with Ginny and Miguel in the week in between and some other surprises, but I'm not going to commit to that because I just don't know what our schedules are going to line up. Yeah. But we're coming roaring back for season two. Yeah, I think Jenny, after the convention, took a much-needed vacation. So that's the thing. It wasn't even vacation. It was her, it was for her job. Oh shit! That's right. Yeah. It looks like a vacation. There's a beach and an ocean. Yeah, sure. I'm not. You know, I, I've right. been on she's, a couple of those junkets working. before. It's it's not uh, not terrible. Yeah, but I, I do want to give a big shout out to them. Thank you for having us. Uh, thank you for. Uh, I guess believing in us that thanks, we wouldn't fuck and, up your and convention. thanks for having the guts to do something like that. That was a yeah. lot of impersonal investment that they went into making that, and a yep. blind faith from from her and Miguel. Yep. And uh, I, you know, I thought I thought it went off really well for a first year convention. Absolutely. That's even kind of damn it with faint praise. I think it went really well. It was amazing that it was a first year convention. Yeah. So. Uh, we didn't talk about Combo being there. He was there signing stuff. Yeah, Robbie Rush uh, had a charity he was running. Uh, he was auctioning off, a, what do you call those, like a lowrider custom bikes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, to to help a kid with cystic fibrosis who has some kind of short film of him. as I didn't really get all that. Um, uh, but if you uh, if you think you go to the official Breaking Bad Fan Fest page, there's some information about it and what he was doing. Yeah, he showed up and said hi during the panel and so and and yeah. ever i felt like constant haymakers coming from me if i'm on stage like oh shit the peekaboo twins are here and <laughs> now the Kata brothers and oh my god there's yeah. combo and all this other stuff i was just rolling with the punches yeah that that contest was wild yeah yeah and i got a lot of ideas for next year how to make it all right yeah we're like jenny and miguel and are, are probably coming back bigger and better and if it happens we're going to come back bigger and better yeah too. i'm gonna gain so. like 50 pounds yep uh yep, I'll definitely be bigger for sure from it's always sunny <laughs> exactly <laughs> bulk right. up uh anything else man no that's it all right we will see you in two weeks for sure on the breaking bad breaking good uh, channel breaking bad breaking good what do you call the <laughs> podcasting plate and no, that's not a playlist it's a feed feed yeah on a feed and uh, until then i'm jim and Whoa, i'm no. i'm jim and i'm aaron bastard bye Jim, you like a night out at the movies, don't you? I do, yes. What's the worst part of the movie-going experience? It's the overpriced popcorn. Nope. It is the people texting in the middle of a movie. Uh Uh-uh. It's got to be fighting your way to the free urinal after a four-hour-long Hobbit movie, then. Close. All right, I give up. Standing in line for the privilege of buying your tickets from some snot-nosed punk in a red vest. You're right. That is the worst. Good news. There's an easy way out. Go to fandango.ballmove.com and print your tickets at home or present your e-tickets on your mobile device and breeze right through the lines like a VIP and never worry about a movie being sold out again. Fandango.ballmove.com.